0: What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. Finally, too, because it's been about mm, two months almost since we were able to release a full episode. Life's just been busy, and Atul and I have been buried under work and all that jazz. But we're finally back and able to put together episodes again. This episode is number 33, and Atul and I are discussing animated films. The goal here was just to go over a few films that we continually revisit that are animated and also to hopefully bring a little bit more legitimacy back to animated films. We find the common misconception is that adults typically regard animated films as children's movies. However, there's a vast market of films out there that are certainly not for children, or at least for children and adults alike. They usually deal with very mature themes, they have plenty of violence, and sometimes coarse language. Another thing we've been working on is our Drinking with Skeletons series on YouTube. You can check it out at youtube.com slash welcome to your doom. We just released episode number four, which is the autopsy of Jane Doe, which was a very good movie. Um, And all of our episodes clock in around 15 minutes or so. And it deals with us reviewing horror movies immediately after viewing them. So everything's really raw and off the cuff and frankly, a lot of fun. So hope you enjoy that. Check that out. Give us a like and a subscribe and all that jazz because that helps us out. And uh, that's all the logistics I've got for now. Ooh, One more logistics thing, we're planning on releasing episodes now instead of on Fridays, on Mondays, probably around the same time in the afternoon. It just gives me a little bit more time over the weekend to be able to edit things as opposed to doing it on a Thursday night or, or frankly, Friday. And we're still planning on releasing episodes every two weeks. So, more Welcome to Your Doom coming soon. That's all I've got. Let's get this episode started, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome
1: to your doom. I forgot I forgot how we start this show. Well, <laughs> it's it been has a been while. a while. It's been a while.
0: What's up, folks? This is Justin. This is Otto. And this is an episode of the Welcome <laughs> to Your Doom show, the first one of 2019. I forgot the episode numbers because it's been a while.
1: That's right. It has been a while. I and mean, then what the hell have we been doing, Justin?
0: I've been buried under work. Mm. Literally buried under work the and last snow. Days. And snow. Fuck. The last two days <laughs> in Toronto. I have not seen this much snow in the amount of time that it happened. Yeah. In is my recent memory. Yeah. Since I've been true. back from, you know, being the,
1: in US. That's right. Yeah. I had same here. I mean, uh, it's and it was like it was righteously cold too. It was like minus thirty-four with the wind chill. It was like it felt like it felt a little bit it was colder in the Yukon when Shugu and I went when in February, but like that's what it felt like. My like my legs were getting cold. Yeah. And they typically don't get cold. I don't own any long johns or anything, but I was out there and I thought I was going to die. I was coming home and my leg like locked up in the snow. So it's this barren wasteland. There's snow blowing everywhere. My my beard is freezing. Now my leg locks up because I got a charley horse and I can't move. And I literally thought, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to find my fucking... (laughs) The wolves are going to be picking the meat off of my bones out here. This is how I die. (laughs) Yeah. So then I start trying to walk. With keeping my legs straight. So if you can imagine, you're keeping one leg straight and the other leg can bend and there's like snow up to my, uh, like just below my knees here because nothing's plowed at this point. So I look like a like an Arctic pirate, like walking <laughs> through the snow. It was ridiculous. Anyway, what's the topic for today? Well, I was
0: watching a film that I got for Christmas and I realized it's one of my favorite animated films and I thought that it would be a great episode to discuss... Animated films. One of like basically our favorite animated films, ones that we return to and are our favorites for whatever reasons. Not the best because I've definitely got a few up there that I would consider guilty pleasures. There's better films out there by far.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think there's a distinct difference between what we actually and I. We got into this argument a little bit about the Oscars, I and mean, we won't bring it up here with uh, with my cousin. Yeah. On the group chat there, and that was like hundreds of essay written essay format. Uh, messages going back and forth, but there is a distinction between what someone thinks is the best or a good, like a good movie, versus a movie that people like or is their favorite. Right. There's definitely a distinction there. You can you can think a movie is gr- is great uh, and, and it's your favorite, but you can also understand that it's not a good movie. Yeah. You can. Yeah. So so I, I think that there's some subtlety there. So this is our favorite animated movies right not necessarily the movies we think are the best That might be right. a different list so
0: and i think my goal here too is for the people that don't watch animated films because they think they're for kids or whatever mm-hmm. but like
1: try and put forward a few that are you know good for everybody um you want to jump right into it yeah all right so ladies and gentlemen these are our favorite animated movies i've got no line for. i this. know i was just, just like in. there's no I, line for this i just want you to play the 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 music
0: Um, did you want I, to start? I'll start. Yeah. 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 So the film or the animated film that I'd watched probably the most in my adult life, probably more than any other film that I've ever watched. Um, Batman mask of the phantasm.
1: Oh, right. I knew that was going to be on there. Yeah. I yeah, figured I'd yeah. get it out of the way
0: fast. Yeah. Um, honestly, like many people kind of regard it as the best interpretation of the Batman character on film, Mm-hmm. In both live action and animated. And um, I tend to agree. It it captures kind of the essence of the character probably better than anything else. Um, What the character, I think, you could say was meant to be. Or how he evolved over time to become. Yeah. You know, his mythos in the comic books now. Yeah. and the visual styles, so right? Basically, think of the Bruce Timm animated series is, and yeah. dial it up to eleven. Yeah,
1: the, the quality of animation in that movie is basically the show, yep. but with you know more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It does more be, frames, more frames, more frames per second. It, it doesn't. It's got kind of a great opening. It too. has an amazing. The, opening. Yeah, the credit sequence is really, really nice. I like that. The, I remember this, like through the buildings, right? Like yeah, the buildings coming, in. it was just—it's a really. I remember when I first saw that movie. And it, and it, I never saw in the theater. I saw it like I bought it on home video. Yeah. And I played it, and that the first like I saw the first time I saw the credits and the the the, the uh, buildings passing by and their distinct version of Gotham. Yes. I remember thinking to myself, "This is different. Like this is the big time." I remember thinking to myself in my head, "I'm like this. There's more. I mean, I didn't know what the words were, but essentially, its production value yeah. has gone up, and it really sets the tone with that with that." credit sequence right exactly and you get kind of a really neat like uh, back and
0: forth of present daytime and then the flashbacks and then yeah. you have intermingling of the different characters the voice acting as always with the you know kevin conroy and mark hamill superb but you also have i can't remember the actress's name she was in um oh, tombstone she was the uh, the female lead in tombstone i can't remember her name that played
1: andrea beaumont but she was great um, Female lead in Tombstone. Yeah, she's the one. that Oh, the actress. Yeah, yeah the actress. Oh, she's the shit. one that voices. I can't remember. It. I can't remember her name. I didn't even realize that D- Delaney. Del- oh, that Delaney? sounds right. Yeah, I mean, that something, name something right. Delaney. Um, I didn't know that. That's an interesting piece of trivia.
0: Yeah. Wow. But anyways, this this film I watched more than anything because I had the VHS of it, and when I was growing up, I had that in my room, and I would play it literally every night. It would actually put me to sleep. That was like my sleepy time second. <laughs>
1: That's your that, so your. that was my bedtime. Sleeping. Yeah, That was my that bedtime, was your bedtime, bedtime thing. Story.
0: I'd put it on, and but dude, I would literally go on into my teens, and like even now, like if I can't sleep, I'll just throw it on and <laughs> fall asleep. That is funny. So it's like comfort food for me. But it's like I said, it is probably, in my opinion, the best interpretation of the Batman character. Still looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another interesting thing about it was, and I think they did this for the TV show as well, but they would draw everything on black paper, yeah, black paper. Yeah. yeah. So
1: that was, I think that was the whole thing with the whole series, the I whole think series that's what they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the first scene in that movie sticks out of my mind. Cause I, I I've always been like a big fan of horror stuff when I was, yeah when I was little. That's a good point. So the, the phantasm, the way, uh, he she's presented. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to ruin the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, but the movie is like thirty years old now. So so <laughs> yeah, deal um, with it. Yeah, the way she's presented is very much like a specter, like a, a, a figure of death. Yes. And uh, the way she she ends off's a lot of gangsters yes. in the movie, and they're pretty uh, grotesque, like the way they go out, and it's kind of it was kind of scary, and it set that bar to that thriller level like we're at a level of storytelling in here that really did speak to me because that was like oh my god it got my horror and the batman all mixed up together and it was like yeah so it really did make a mark but the one thing i take away for it which is why it's not really on my list Mm. is i've always i've i love the character analysis of like bruce wayne and the jumping back and forth in time but i remember when i whenever i watch it I'm I, uh, not whenever now I, I can sort of, I can discern the difference. But when I watched the first few times, I could never tell, I forgot I was watching a flashback. The flashbacks are so long mm. in that movie. And it, I always found that confusing. Yeah. Especially when, when I first watched it as a kid. And I was like, what's going on? And then it flashes back. And I'm like, oh, that was all a flashback. And it was like a 30 minute flashback, you know, like, I don't know, it's probably they're too not, long. Th- yeah. But, they're, but they're, I remember them being very long. They so are. I, I and uh, that that was the only thing that kind of confused me when I was younger. So Yeah,
0: the opening one is definitely one of the longer ones. Yeah, that yeah. that that's true. But yeah, uh, yeah if, if you can't tell the difference between a flashback and uh, and not, I can't really help you, you fucking idiot. Aren't all flashbacks in like sepia
1: tone? Yeah, they are actually Come on, I just, let's just throw let's throw, throw an Instagram sepia. Instagram filter on it. Uh, Hashtag No. Ludwig. No. <laughs> God if we're gonna start with like really top favorites, there's yeah. really one film that stands out for me and it's uh it's absolutely the Iron Giant. Yep. That was that um, was my next one. Yeah, The Iron Giant is is a movie that spoke to me on like every level of of my being, basically. Mm. I've always been a big fan of like the coming of age stories, but when I was coming of age, to watch a story about a kid coming of age was like was basically the sweet spot, right? Because you're kind of experiencing that yourself. Um, and I, I think the movie was... Uh, it's a coming of age... It's not a coming of age story. What are you on about? Iron Giant? No.
0: Yeah, yeah. The kid's... No.
1: Yeah, that's what the kid... It's He's not getting older in the movie. But when you have that relationship between a child and, and uh, like... Another being like E.T. is a coming of age story, and The Stand is a coming of age story, and Iron Giant, and like, you know, uh, there's a, there's a couple of other movies that are like. Can that. you come of age within a day? Because the time well, period of this yeah, movie yeah. was a day. Yeah, no, it's it's a, no, no, it's it's more than that. It's more <laughs> than it's, it's it's more than it's like a week. It's the not, not a like, week. Yeah, yeah, because the guy moves in, he sleeps at the house for oh, a few days. Yeah, it's like a week. But the idea is that the idea Man-feel? is that the kid. Basically, his, his innocence is being taken away from him. Like, this is the period of his life where he realizes how the world really works and all of that. True. So all of those things kind of happen. But uh, the animation is, like, fantastic. Yes. Um, it's Vin Diesel's best role <laughs> he's ever taken on as the voice of the giant. And... Um, there's a real sweet nostalgia, and the voice acting is really, really great. Yes, uh, I think Harry Connick Jr. does yes. the voice of Dean, and he's fucking hilarious in that movie. Yeah, he still makes me laugh whenever whenever I watch it, and it's one of the movies. the the uh, The ending, uh, where the you know, it makes me fucking cry. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I can't watch it because it's not just the too old, much. I, okay. it's, not, it's too much. It's too much for me where he's okay. like, the kid tells the giant, you can be what you want to be. And he says, Superman. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't. I just can't. Pull yourself together, man. Okay. I can't. Now, but, um,
0: now but I yeah. need to speak on this. Yeah. This was the movie yeah. that I was watching yesterday. The Blu-ray is right over there. Oh. That's the one I was talking about that made me Oh, you're watching topic. Iron Giant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, okay. on top of that, I was ugly crying at that <laughs> point. Because I'm in the same boat, I cannot watch the last five minutes of the movie without fucking crying, and I'm not like saying like a tear, like I'm sobbing. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) It's it's exactly that. So I actually got had the opportunity. They were playing this at TIFF. They were playing the uh, the extended directors. Yeah, yeah. They they added a few scenes. They added a couple scenes. Yeah, and they were playing that at TIFF in theater. So me and Nish went. Right, and we're going, and the whole time, as soon as the ending's coming, I'm like, oh. <laughs> "Hold it in!" And it was not being held Suck in. that tear back. But in like, your I, eyes, I, I, managed to be like, "Uh," I don't know. <laughs> like covering my face so she can't see me. because yeah. I'm like, "Nah, she can't see this." Oh man, Shogun knows. Brave face on. She no, knows. I I legit cry every time yeah, when I watch this. Movie. I
1: can't I, I can't stop it. It's know. it's uh it's it's extremely well written and um the color palette on the movie it's like it's it's fall transitioning to winter so it's also like a really I love that time of year so it speaks to me on all of these on all of these levels and um yeah because they have like the fall palette and then the end of the movie it's snowing and it's kind of like it's transitioning to winter so it's like. It's a f- it's a phenomenal movie. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it's absolutely go and see it. I really think it's it's if somebody were to say top five movies of all time for me, like favorite movies, that's in the top five in the mix, maybe in the top three. Like really? that, yeah, that's 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 a really uh, it's really up there for me. Not just animated movies, but you know, of all time, all all kinds of movies, right? All yeah. of the
0: movies. Uh, the other thing too, I wanted to mention is Kent Mansley.
1: Oh, Kent Mansley.
0: Kent Mansley. The oh, man. best he's... villain name. I think it's Kent Mansley. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is Kent Mansley. He is the best villain name. Kent and he's man. just, he's, I love, I love his trance. So you're watching, um, oh, what's the boy's name? Uh, Hogarth. Hogarth. Yeah, you see, you're seeing Hogarth kind of, like you said, come of age. He's yeah. growing as a character. Yeah. Whereas Mansley is regressing yeah. into like this animal. Yeah. Yeah. are like
1: right. This. He shows up very composed. Yeah. And
0: then yeah. he's just getting more and more frightened and scared as it goes out yeah. to the point where he just almost bombs everybody. Yeah. That's... Including himself. And then he tries to get away and is stopped by the giant. In the yeah. best, the best way possible. He's just kind of like. He's looking over him after he stops the jeep, and it's kind of a look of like disappointment and like
1: "fuck you." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that's it was right. So good. It's a definite "fuck you" look. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Kent Kent Mansley, and he's and he's voiced by a shooter. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, he, I don't know. What his I don't name know either. Is. I never
0: remember the name off the top of uh, my
1: head. I feel bad for that guy because I think probably a lot of people are like, "Hey, shooter," and they don't. Nobody knows his name. Yeah. That being
0: said, Um, he's a guy I'd want to have a drink with. He seems like a dude that... I saw him. him.
1: He was at a premiere in in New York. He was at the Union Square Theater. And I was like, I saw him. I'm like, oh, it's Shooter. I have no idea what fuck. And I saw him and Tony Danza. They (laughs) they were at this premiere. And uh, I was like, it's it's Shooter McGavin. and uh, (laughs) Fucking the boss. And the boss. So, um, yeah. No, it's a a good one. You guys haven't seen it. Definitely check it out.
0: All right. So, I got a next one. The next one I wanted to bring up is... Definitely, I don't know if you're going to consider it an animated film, but I have arguments. I, have, for
1: this. I already, I already have this one in the list. What I mean, is it? Who framed Roger? Motherfucker! Rabbit. Yeah, That's Who framed one. Roger Rabbit? I almost want to disqualify because it is a half and half.
0: Now I will argue mm-hmm. that it is not half and half. And There's I,
1: more animation in it than live action. Is that no, what you no, 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 no.
0: What I'm saying is that all of the live action in it is more cartoony than the <laughs> cartoons. Bob
1: Hoskins is I've. Like, I haven't seen any other movie where he's done this. Somehow he becomes mega-physical, like, mm. in this movie. And he hasn't done it in any other movie I've ever seen. A great actor, but this movie was just, like, out of nowhere, he ends up being this really physical, like, like actor. And he's bouncing around and doing, like, yes. backflips. and.
0: So, not even just Bob Hoskins. Because, yes, he does yeah. put in a very animated performance. Obviously, yeah. Christopher Lloyd does as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody down to like at the crime scene when they're going through the stuff. Like the cops that or the detectives probably that are there are going through stuff and they're like, "Look at this!" and I'm just like, "Jesus
1: Christ, guys!" (laughs) There's yeah, it's it's mixing like this like '50s sort of LA uh, noir vibe. Yes, yeah, and I think they they purposefully like played that up. Big time, absolutely. To match sort of the uh, the tone to, and the the tone, everything. Yeah,
0: but but the the really cool thing about this film is that obviously they're overlaying you know the um, the animated characters on top of the frames and whatnot. But what's really neat that like my favorite part of the film is all the practical effects that they have with the characters interacting with the live action in characters. camera. The, like in camera I remember, I can't remember who I was showing this to, but. Um, somebody was asking kind of about how like CG works in films. And obviously when you're looking at like really high quality CG, you're just kind it's kind of hard to discern what's like real versus practical. And and, you know, you're just, "Ah, you're putting things in the frame, whatever. But with, who framed Roger Rabbit? You can actually show them be like, well, what's happening behind the scenes here is there's actually something in the sink that's popping the water. Yes, up, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're just overlaying something on top. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it was really neat, especially the year that it was made, that you could actually see that. And then, I mean, all the animated characters looked really good. The they are phenomenal looking,
1: movie. perfectly.
0: Yeah, and the interaction like it's hard for a for an actor to be able to interact. Like you look at like Space Jam, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Granted, Michael Jordan's not exactly an actor's actor. Yeah, I would say an he's actor. the most
1: accomplished thespian. Right.
0: But even still, like, you look at, like, Bill Murray that was in that working with them, or yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Newman. Uh, fucking, I can't remember yeah, his name. Newman. But even them, it just didn't look
1: as natural as Bob Hoskins did mm-hmm. in this film. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Robert Zemeckis directed this movie, mm-hmm. and he is basically known for always pushing the envelope, always trying new technologies and stuff. So, um,. From this to the mocap stuff he did for A Christmas Carol and Beowulf and uh, Polar Express to the new movie that just came out with Steve Carroll and uh, making the, the toys like was that Zemeckis? That's Zemeckis as well. Oh, um, I didn't know that. To the like the wire. I'm kind of doing these all out of order, but he's always doing something with technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This absolutely knocked it out of the park. Yes. And uh, it's a it's an amazing, incredible looking movie with great performances. And um, pretty intriguing whodunit kind of story absolutely. too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So they they really it's really well written. So as a crime story, it's actually interesting. And uh, uh, the judge Christopher Lloyd, mm-hmm. he toward the end of this movie, he absolutely terrified me. Yes, as a kid, he was so frightening. Yep. He was up there with Jack Nicholson's Joker and both of them just terrorized my nightmares. <laughs> the thing about him though was his voice. Yeah. When he does that, thing, he hey, talks just like this. And his voice goes like higher and higher and yeah. higher. And uh, I just – and the the red eyes, I was – it terrified. I'm yeah. getting goosebumps just talking about it now because it was so – It was it's burned into my memory. Um, but there are a lot of jokes in here that I never got as a kid. When I watched it recently – or when recently, in the last few years, um, it just made me laugh more than when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, I, I liked the slapstick. Yeah. But there's other stuff in there. It's well written. Very well. And uh, and, a, and again, a great performance from from Bob Bob Hoskins. Uh, you know, I'm starting to work with people that I'm I'm a decade older than. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, comics, movies, video <clears throat> games, and stuff like that, <clears throat> and you realize that. They grew up in a different age than we did. A decade's a long time. Yeah, right? they just don't know anything. They just, <laughs> they just, they just don't know what's good for them. Um, but uh, you know, if you haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it's not. It's, 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 it's just as good today as it was when it came out. Hundred percent. No, there's and it's completely unique. No other movie has done it this way. I think other movies have tried. None of them have been successful. Like mm-hmm. Cool World, I think was another attempt at this live yes. action animated mix. Wasn't very good. This is this is really the ticket. This is it. Um, I'm gonna throw an an oldie, yeah, not an oldie, not not much older than that one. But uh, there's a movie called The Secret of Nim. It's directed by Don Bluth, mm-hmm. and it's from 1982. And have you ever heard of this movie? I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it. It's um, probably because it was a secret. <laughs> yeah, it's a well-kept well secret in your case. Yeah, Don Bluth was and i'm not i'm not really like a, a, a animation historian but i uh, this is kind of the way i felt when i was growing blo- growing up don bluth was like the alternate to to disney for a long time so don bluth did uh, an american taro- uh, american tale yeah. land before time uh, secret of nim feifl goes west and i think in the last movie i remember them doing i think he did anastasia as well mm-hmm. so he was this <clears throat> he i don't know if it's him his studio his style of animation he was this alternate to to disney that um, that was basically like really their only competition to be honest so the secret of nim is one of those movies that it's really it's about mice in a field that basically have to move but but there there's like there's there's some tragedy in there cuz it's a it's a widow that's trying to take care of her, her family her kids they're uh, and and basically they're being evicted essentially because um they're gonna plow the field. They're gonna clear the field. So this is really like almost like refugee type um tragic like like um uh what do you call it? Uh struggle. Yeah. Here. A lot along the same lines as uh as uh an American tale. I don't know if you've heard of American Tale? Yeah, 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 I've so. seen American Tale. Yeah, so 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 when I was a kid, I was watching this, this is actually kind of it kind of Overwhelmed me. I was like, it's kind of a sad movie, and um, and I remember feeling a lot of that in the animation and in the characters and in the writing. It it's one of those movies that plays that plays well with adults because it, it carries themes that are a little bit heavier than the average kid is going to get. Mm. Um, it also has a really dope owl in it. It's just like the the designs of the animals in this because there are rats and there are mice and there's this great owl in there. There's a scene where there's a giant, like, you know, a spider that's way bigger than the mouse. She's crawling in, the spider comes in, and the owl steps on the spider, and it's all gooey. And it's just, the animation's so different than anything Disney would have done at the time. It just, it really, like, stands out in my memory. So, the designs here, the animation, different than Disney, gave me something that I didn't even know I wanted at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So, it's a movie that I can throw on and, and kind of watch. Um, and that's one of the, some of the criteria here, is, like, a lot of these... Are my favorites, and I tell I can tell they're my favorites because I'm able to throw them on and watch them. Right. uh, At even now, and uh, like just like you were watching the Iron Giant the other day, and crying, and crying like a baby. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Don Bluth, The Secret of Nim, again. What year did that come out? That was 1982. 82. Yeah. Okay. This one blew me away
0: when it came out because I was of that age where the show came out, and it was one of these things that. I guess we weren't really allowed to watch, was South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs>
1: that's funny. I didn't even... i That completely caught, caught me off guard. I didn't expect that. L- dude,
0: I love this film for so many reasons. The musical numbers in it oh, yeah. blow me away every time. It's still sung today. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I remember distinctly getting out of that movie. I was singing Uncle Fucker yeah, the whole time. Yeah, that's right. It like, is a
1: very very catchy song. It, I, that's one, every
0: one song about. in it is catchy. Was, Blame Canada. Was Blame
1: Canada in the movie. Yeah, Blame yeah, Canada Blame was in Canada, the movie, yeah.
0: which was later, I think, at an awards show, sung by Robin Williams.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. That's they right. They were performing
0: that because I think it was uh, I think it was nominated for like best song. The best song. Blame like Canada. That. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they wouldn't nominate Uncle yeah. Fucker. That'd but be like, awkward.
0: it was a really cool. It was a really cool thing to see like. A you know a show that had become so popular and being given a film's budget and yeah. you know free reign to do whatever you want in, on a in a rated R comedy.
1: The funny thing about that movie was it looked exactly the same as the show. Yeah. Until the end, Until when the I remember end. Cartman doing like a fireball like from like Street Fighter, and the yeah. camera like spins around him like the, the, all the butt... was there a joke about all the budget going into that shot? Oh, I can't oh, remember. I can't remember. There no, was no, not like, in like, the yeah. show. No. Uh,
0: or sorry, not in the movie, but.
1: Maybe in the trailer they made a joke about the budget. But, but yeah, the, the show essentially... Sorry, the movie looked a lot like a
0: show. Oh, yeah, it did. But, I mean, they upped the annie everywhere else that wasn't just, you know, the animation mm. of the characters. And to be honest, I didn't want to see anything different. Like, sure, in terms yeah. of the quality, like, the quality... South Park's niche is that t- animation style yeah if all of a sudden you change that and just make everything a little bit more fluid it kind of takes away from the important part not maybe not important part but like the style of the show yeah so um, I mean I think that they put more time and effort into the um, into dreaming up what this movie's going to be about this weird like apocalyptic thing yeah. It, was just, oh, yeah it was such a wacky movie
1: it was we Yeah. Saddam
0: Hussein's in a sex dungeon the whole time oh
1: jeez It was. I haven't seen the movie in in a long time, and to be honest, South Park was something I kind of I watched every once in a while. I never, but I did go to the theater to see that movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I I remember the songs being really catchy. And I've seen it more than once when I was younger, but but. but yeah, no, that caught me completely off guard. You didn't see I that didn't, coming. I didn't not see that coming. I, I totally forgot I forgot about that.
0: Um, it, it's a sleeper. That's I was yeah. going through some of my like
1: some of the the movies I own and when I saw that I was
0: like, God damn yeah.
1: Yeah, that was another thing where it's like movies you own. Like yes. if there are any animated movies that I purchased. Yeah. clearly those are movies that, you know, I like. Exactly. You know, like that was another, because I was racking my brain for this list, you know. I was like trying to remember. There's things that came to my head right away. Yeah. Then I had to like, I, I, lo- I literally looked up like some lists and stuff. I'm like, I'm forgetting something. Yeah, know, here. yeah, yeah. And then I looked at my own collection. I'm like, oh yeah, that and that and that, and I totally forgot. So Right. Um, the next one is a Miyazaki film from Studio Ghibli called uh, Princess Mononoke. Okay. I don't think you I don't think you've seen I haven't fucked with that yet. Um 1997. Do you know who Hayao Miyazaki is? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he did like movies like uh, Spirited Away and um, <coughs> he, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, I think is is one of his as well. So he's made like classics and like stone cold classics. In terms of stone cold classics, I think a lot of people will talk about Spirited Away being cuz I think that's really the one that Transition to North America in a strong way, and a lot of people saw that. Uh, for me, it was Princess Mononoke, and um, Princess Mononoke was just—I think it's—it's it's an. If you watch something like *Spirited Away* or some of his other movies, they're a little esoteric. Like the stories are like really weird and it's hard to get a beat on the plot and there's some thematic elements that are just really strange you watch it a few times maybe have a little toke of the smoke and then watch it again and it means something else like that kind of thing princess mononoke is more traditional story mm. and it's more accessible in my opinion it's the first i ever saw i watched the dub like the english dub and that's the that's the dub of the movie i know yeah so i, I know people think that's heresy, and like these days I would never watch an English dub of a a Japanese or any other like a foreign language film. But back then I, I I didn't think twice about it. I bought the DVD. I got it for my birthday and I, and I popped it in and I'm like, it blew my mind. Just the animation blew my mind. I thought, I thought the voice acting was pretty good at the time. And, um, the story, which is kind of like an environmentalist type story. Yeah. And, uh, and there are some action scenes and action beats in here that are that are just just fantastic and keith david does a voice keith david yeah keith yeah. david does a voice of a giant white boar in this movie and it's kind <laughs> of amazing so it's you know i don't want to go too much into the plot you haven't seen it yet i, I highly recommend you check it out yeah. cuz it's it's a great way to experience a miyazaki film that is a more traditional adventure epic adventure story uh, not to say that his other movies are, are are worse by any means. It's just that I like I like latching on to that plot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, this one has really, really stuck with me. So, yeah. Princess Mononoke, uh, Hayao Miyazaki from 1997. Up there. I just realized I skipped one. Um,
0: we just saw it in the theaters. Transformers the movie. Yeah. It's on my list. It is on your oh, list. Oh, for
1: sure. I mean, like, there's... I can't make this list without Without putting that in there. Yeah, like Transformers yeah. the movie has a place on my list. Because if we're talking about criteria... Yeah. And I'm talking about a movie I'll just throw on. Yeah. None of these movies on this list do I know every line of dialogue <laughs> to. There is no movie on this list where I know absolutely every line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Except for Transformers the movie. That's, that's... Every line of dialogue, every beat of music... Yes. I know it's Transformers the movie. There's no... There's no... No competition. Right. It's like... Every time we watch this fucking movie, we just get drunk and it's a sing along. Yeah, it That's really is. That's basically what we're this saying <laughs> line for line. We're like, and then going we're singing back and all forth. the songs, too. Yeah. Like, it's a uh, oh, coronation
0: star extreme. screen. Like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't, you cannot, like, you cannot get into this movie with us and not ha- be able to, like, say word for word. If you are, you're just going to be listening to us go through the movie.
1: Yeah, and sing the songs. It's actually really horrific yeah. for anybody who's not, <laughs> like, as drunk and obsessed with Transformers as we are. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, but, being able to see it in the theater at 33 was pretty damn cool. because <laughs> I mean, they cool. basically what was it? Was it was it uh, I don't something. know what
1: anniversary it was, but this was just what like maybe five, four months ago.
0: Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was only like in October, November,
1: yeah. and uh, they re-released it into theaters. Oh, I think it was to promote Bumblebee, and it was also like the 40th. 40th. It was released 1986. 86. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, and yeah, so we saw it in theaters with a bunch of other transformers, you know, uh aficionados and everyone was wearing shirts and you know, the were you wearing your bad comedy show? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah, the comedy night. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's like a it's like the Rocky Horror Picture Show for <laughs> for us. For us, yeah. Yeah, and um my, w- my wife thinks it's hilarious cuz whenever we're like hey, what do you want we're just hanging out like we're hanging out at Ajay's place and like what do you want to do? It's like I don't know. We have a couple beers it's like you want to throw on Transformers like <laughs> <guess sure>. a <laughs> And my wife's always like, oh my god, not again. Not again.
0: And this is another one of the movies that I would say is like a guilty pleasure. Only yeah. because like we watched this when we were growing up and like we know it as well as we do. Yeah. There's some really good aspects to the film, but then there's yeah. some really fucking bad ones. Yeah.
1: This is This is one of those cases where this is objectively not a good movie. Right. Um, But I think it's an amazing movie. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing is
0: we've got that. So, well, who was it that uh, wasn't was didn't who whose wife walked out of it when we were watching it? She's like, "This is the worst movie I've ever seen." I was
1: watching the movie, so I don't know who was <laughs> leaving. I could have been in that theater by myself. By the end of it, I wouldn't have, oh, I wouldn't have known. In any case. But yeah, not not you know not a great movie, but uh, but just to see from the show again, we're talking about budget. Yes, like to see. In the first ten minutes, like the amount uh, the the amount of uh, uh, improvement in the animation was was ins- it was insane. Oh, just yeah. to see Leaps and Optimus downs. Prime, the way he transforms for the first time. Yeah. And that you got the touch comes on, oh man, like that is a moment. That's a huge moment. Yeah. Um also watching half the Transform Autobots die. Yeah. In the first ten minutes, it's like, holy shit, how do you want to scar a bunch of kids? You kill a bunch of Autobots with a couple of shots for some reason now puts them down. Yeah, right. And you kill Optimus Prime in the first 15 minutes of the movie, so it's like that's a lot to deal with. That's a a lot to deal with. And so I I think that's another reason why it sort of stays in our memory because it was actually kind of scarred, traumatic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My brother saw that, and Ajay saw that in the theater. Yeah, when it, came, when it came out, I was I was too young. I don't think I ever saw it in the theater until a couple until, months yeah, ago. Until a few months but, ago. But uh, but yeah, so um, so yeah, no, it's it's up there. Not not a great movie. But uh, but still, it's got to be on the list. It's got to be on, the, be list. on no the list. There's no way Orson Welles does a voice. He does the voice of I Unicron. Think it was his last performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently he, he didn't, didn't even, like it. He doesn't. He didn't like it. He just like didn't even remember doing it. He's like, like it was some stupid toy thing. Yeah, something yeah, along those lines. That's right. He was probably just like drunk, and he was just like whatever. Come in, say a few lines. <laughs> and they put it in the movie. I still because that the last, last thing <laughs> that you, <laughs> the last thing
0: <laughs> Unicron. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he just explodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: the last thing Unicron says <laughs> before he explodes at the end, he's he's a giant planet-sized transformer that eats other planets, and the, and he explodes at the end. But he says like "you, you, yeah, my," <sighs> and he just explodes. Yeah. And I have no idea. You know what Aj would know what it is. What he the probably would. Is. Uh, we should. We'd always just turn there. on subtitles. Yeah, but... I. I don't want to though. I like the fact that I like the fact that I like the idea that Orson Welles was just got, he just got hammed every time he was going to record lines for this movie. And that's just him like after a couple of tequila shots and nobody knows what he said. So, um, anyway, transformers, the movie, if you haven't seen it, you probably have no reason to go see it, but, <laughs> but it's on, on our list. list. Oh, Fuck you. It's on our list. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry. I didn't trans- mean that. Trans- transformers, the movie, uh, okay, so where am I going? Um, I'm going to step into some Disney stuff. In terms of like my favorite Disney movie, mm-hmm. I have a couple. I definitely have a lot of favorite Disney. I, had to, I wanted to pick one just to diversify here, because um, yeah, we did, you know, the Iron Giant, Secret of you him. Know. So now step into Disney. Uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, it's directed by two directors, Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise. No idea who those guys are, but they did a wonderful job. Um, it came out in 1996, and the reason I love this movie because I, when I first saw it, I didn't, I, I didn't understand uh, that it was a famous story before I saw the Disney version. Right. Uh, the same thing with like Cinderella and Snow White. I didn't realize that that was like that was like literature that existed already. Those stories existed as fairy tales, and. Um, so, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, my my first exposure to this story was through the Disney movie. Right. And I loved it because, again, the the horror aspects always appeal to me. Not that this movie has a lot of horror overtones, but there's an intensity to this movie that's not present in a lot of Disney movies. Uh, and that intensity comes in the form of two, two things. Judge Claude Frollo. Have you seen this movie? It's been a while, yeah. But yeah. So, Judge Cla- Claude Frollo... Good name. He's, yeah, yeah. And he's terrifying in this movie. But he becomes obsessed with the gypsy woman Esmeralda. Yeah. But, like, sexually obsessed. Yes. like, And it's clear in the movie that he is um, at war with himself from a religious standpoint. And he has a song in that movie that I'll never forget. I think it's called Hellfire. And it's like... I was watching it and I'm like, oh, my God. This is, like, intense. And he's like... He's got her scarf and he's like sniffing her scarf because he's obsessed with her and he sees her dancing in the flames and but he's he's like he's scolding himself because he knows as a you know as as a um, religious figure re, yeah as a as a as a uh, the t- uh, religious figure he can't have those types of feelings so he has he's like at war with himself that's and the creepy. song it's so intense and operatic it's a great song and um and and that that's what that's one thing that really stuck out to me the other thing was. The hunchback himself is deformed and they go the whole, uh, you know, the whole nine yards with like uh, with showing what what happens to him when he goes out into the square and he gets, you know, he gets whipped and he gets like stuff thrown at him and he falls in love with Esmeralda as well. Uh, and it's the only one of the only Disney films where the guy doesn't get the girl in the end. Hunch, The hunchback doesn't doesn't win the lady at the end of the movie. Another character does, right? And I, when I walked out, I'm like, "That's perfect," because it's like a, it's a slice of it's a. Sl- it, I feel like it's a slice of reality in this movie where it's like that doesn't have to happen in order for someone to be happy, right? And if someone's and if someone's different, like that's okay. They don't need to end up with, you know, the leading lady, right? right. So it's it was kind of like it turned all of these tropes in these Disney animated movies, on their heads. So basically,
0: Quasimodo's happy just ringing his own bell, if you, <laughs> if you catch my meaning.
1: <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, no, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Um, but, uh, <laughs> climbing his bell tower, if you will. <laughs> not to say he'll never end up with, with someone, but the idea that, that we don't... It's not a cliche. They don't just... Ch- you know, they don't just cheap out at the end and have him, you know, magically end up. She's like, oh, I love you, you know, for who you are. And magically it just happens. Right. It doesn't. And I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's a really great thing. And the whole thing about the monster and the man, a lot of overtones of Frankenstein uh, in here. And, um, and, and the, sorry, a small tangent, Frankenstein. And, uh, and uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Phantom of the Opera, all of these these stories, these original stories, have these monster and man kind of uh, connotations. Being different, is it bad? There's mm-hmm. a sympathetic monster thing going on. And Universal, Phantom of the Opera, and with Lon Chaney, and uh, I don't know who played the Hunchback. Was Lon Chaney the Hunchback as well? Oh, I don't know. Not sure. Um, anyway, those are two silent films that Universal built their monster empire on those were those were silent movies big big budget silent movies so um, it's not they're they're onto it that story of like monster versus man what makes a monster what makes a man is a, is a strong theme and for a disney movie this does this does that really well and plays it so that you know kids kids can kind of understand those themes so this would be something i would show my my kid for example um uh, in the, the the songs are okay, the music's okay. There are three gargoyles in there that are there for like comic relief. They're probably the worst part of the movie. Yeah. Um. The the overall themes though are presented in a palatable way. They don't shy away from the major themes, although the original story is much darker. Um. But uh, but yeah. So that's that's my spiel on the Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's kind of Esmeralda sounds kind of shallow. Well, <laughs> why? Why? I don't know, just because she wouldn't, you know, she was. Well, there's another guy that she that she falls for in the movie. Yeah, so it's like it's What's not wrong like with the
0: Hunchback. He was clearly putting in the effort. He he, had he personality was.
1: for days. He did. He does. dedication. Come yeah. on, that yeah. guy. I mean, she, who he's... wants
0: to ring a church bell? Nobody. He did. And he was up there every day, every day, every ringing day. that bell. Yeah, that's true. That's the kind of dedication anybody would want in a relationship. And Esmeralda threw it away because why? He's got a little hump on his uh... on his back. Yeah. What hump? What hump? I don't know. I think I I just wanted my hero to get the girl, and clearly he didn't. Yeah. Well, who, this movie's not for you. Who's voice? Who voiced the uh, the guy that got the girl? It was. Oh, uh, it's
1: uh, Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Okay. Who's really funny in this movie? Oh, he's like, funny he's, in everything. I love fu- Kevin. I, Klein. I think he's great. I yeah. think he's great.
0: I wanted to. Put throw forward, uh, Green Lantern first flight.
1: Okay, not on not on my top list, but it's up there for me. Yeah, for sure.
0: So for me, a lot of times because we, have the, I've, I've got my Green Lantern ring and everything. People would ask why I like Green Lantern. I would point mm-hmm. them to this film every single time because. To me, this is the best depiction that we've had of Green Lantern in terms of the, the essence of the character. What makes you like him. Yeah. It's got all of the characteristics of the Hal Jordan character that you like. He's strong, confident, a little bit too gun-shy. Doesn't really yeah. like authority. Um, Did you say gun-shy? Sorry. Uh, gun, Gung-ho. Gung-ho, Gung Yeah. yeah not shy it it captures all of the essence of the character that that i truly enjoy about green lantern and then you've got all of the vil- like sinestro as a villain slowly kind of unravels and you kind of start seeing his motivations and yep. they're way more fleshed out than you've ever seen before yeah in like the tv show like the animated series or obviously the green lantern film yeah um you see a good evolution of the character as a villain it's really yep. interesting to me
1: the voice acting on both of them is is one of them. Christopher Maloney does uh, does Hal yep. uh, Green Lantern and um, oh boy, fuck! I had his name and I lost it. Uh, oh, Victor Garber. Victor Garber. Victor Garber yeah. does the voice of Sinestro. Who uh, he's, he's he, if you saw his face, he's Professor Stein. In, oh uh, yeah yeah in, yeah. Uh, the Flash. Yep. But uh, he's he's in a lot of other movies and, and TV shows and stuff. He does an amazing Sinestro in this movie. And yeah. I think that's really the shining thing. Because they, they like you said, just to reiterate, the characters are done really well. Sinestro in a short movie, this one was like a 75, 77 minute movie. Yeah. They do that arc justice and they're very clever about the plot mechanics. Um and it's kind of they they take the buddy cop approach. Yes. this, and that works so well. The other approach is kind of like the Star Wars sort of, you know, cosmic. Thing going on, but they decided to say, "Okay, you know, we're gonna do the buddy cop, lethal weapon, bad boys kind of thing going on, rather than you know the the Star Wars ish sort of right. uh, cosmic stuff." And they they really do they really do nail it. And you don't need to know anything about Green Lantern to watch this movie. No, it's a
0: complete so, introduction film. Yeah. It doesn't go too too much into the character's origin. It kind of starts right where you need it to start for the Green yeah. Lantern character. Um, the colors of the film, the look yeah. of the film. Oh, it's, gr- it's a so gorgeous crisp. Movie. It's such a good, like, especially if you catch it on Blu ray, like, everything's oh, yeah. just so nice and crisp. It's such a good looking <laughs> film. Um, and it's just really rewarding, especially towards the end. Yeah. Um, you know, fully powered up HAL is yeah. just, it, it's just got this, like, you know, everything's so doom and gloom. And then all of a sudden there's this. Shining Light, yeah. No pun, in, well, pun intended. Fun. Yeah, of course. But, um, but yeah. So that's why it's on my list. Is if, if nothing else, anybody that doesn't really know or understand why I would like the Green Lantern character, that film really portrays everything about the character yeah. that I think it should. And after I saw the live action one, I'm pretty sure I, t- I texted you or emailed you. Yeah. Why didn't they just remake this film? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could have.
1: They could have. You had an amazing film there. Just that's flesh, right. it,
0: flesh it out a little bit more if you have to. Yeah. But it's
1: there that's the film that's your green lantern film Uh, i like this movie a lot because at the right they they do house origin as green lantern immediately yes there's no long drawn out anything it's like you're on earth for five minutes and it's off to space with you exactly And, and that's it and it's really creative uh in that way so absolutely absolutely liked it uh, and, if, and again I'm, I'm going to say this for for everyone if you haven't seen it definitely watch this movie yeah. like Transformers the movie you don't have to go see that don't worry about that in fact if you really want to see it we'll invite you over to our house we'll all get drunk and you'll see it the <laughs> way you're supposed to see it Yeah. Right. Um, but Green Lantern First Flight definitely go go check that out if you haven't seen it to continue this trend I have one DC movie on here as well I have a, I have a lot of I have a lot of movies that I really like from them and I had to choose one Batman Under the Red Hood Mm-hmm. um and this movie came out. So that was two thousand and nine. Green Lantern: uh, First Flight was two thousand and nine. Uh, Under the Red Hood was two thousand and ten. It's seventy five minutes long, but I think it is the. I I would I like this movie a lot. It's the perfect Batman movie for me, more so than Mask of the Phantasm, mm-hmm. because uh, this deals with a period of time in the Batman sort of mythos where he he loses someone. Like Death in the Family was such a it's a it's a strong analysis of Batman as a character. Something that hasn't really been captured in fi- on film right. before. And this particular story is so well voice acted. Like Jensen Ackles plays uh, the Red, Red Hood, Hood. And Bruce Greenwood is Batman. And they absolutely nail it. And sorry, I didn't even mention John DiMaggio. Is the Joker, Joker. And it's fa- he's fantastic. Yeah. I think he's up there. Like, I mean, Hamill's... Hamill's like Joker royalty when it comes to voices, but John DiMaggio is is up there for me. His Joker is fantastic. It's this really deep, husky sort of Joker. Yeah. he's like beefy in yeah. that movie. He's a little more, and he's a little more intimidating. Yeah, right. And well, and the story really does call for it. So, and it's a great analysis of what the loss. Uh, well, essentially, I mean, I'm not really ruining anything. Robin is essentially it, the Joker kills Robin. Yes, and um, and it's about the fallout. Of of that, and it's just it's extreme. And the hand to hand combat. So we t- so I was talking about the plot, the characters, all, all top notch. The animation, hand to hand combat is all so it's, it's so intricate and well and well animated. It's really like watching like a live. It's like watching a live action martial arts fight where everything is very. You can tell they storyboarded the crap out of those fight scenes. Really really well done. The last thing I'll say about it. Is that it is one of the best endings to any animated movie I've ever seen. That ending where they're all kind of at this kind of like Mexican standoff in in the house and the dialogue in that ending, and it's just it's it's fantastic. I I feel like that that ending has never been topped in terms of like uh, animated movies before. It that thing had me in its palm, like right. in the palm of their hand at the at the end. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Batman under the red hood from DC. What do they call it? DC Animated Universe. Yeah, yeah, something sure. like that. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about that movie?
0: Um, you pretty much said all of it. Um, yeah. I think my favorite scene of it was, and it was um, the Joker being broken out. Of, oh god! That's and a in great the interrogation scene. room, that With the black mask. I don't. Yeah, I oh. don't even want to say what it is. It's yeah. just such a good, shocking scene. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh god! <laughs> yeah. All right, you're that's absolutely the movie I'm right up for. And I think Black Neil Mas- Patrick Harris also voiced Nightwing in this. Yeah, didn't Neil Patrick he? Harris
1: yeah. does the voice of Nightwing, and uh, Black Mask's reaction in that, yeah, is <laughs> great. Actually, yeah. this just makes me want to like everything we're talking about here makes me want to watch all of these movies yeah. again. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my that's
0: and it's only seventy five minutes. I always thought it was a little longer. It felt longer, but like not in a bad way. But
1: yeah, no, I mean, like with these movies again, with First Flight and, and this, like they really like trimmed it down and yeah. they put in the most important stuff. In, in those movies. And, and I feel like that kind of pressure really forces you to make choices about what you're going to keep in and keep out. So right. the pacing here is like brisk. Hmm. Um, so yeah. So what else you got?
0: I'll throw this one out because it's probably a little controversial. Is the uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. That's a weird one. It is a weird it's one. A, and, and the only reason I bring it up is because... <clears throat> The movie itself is pretty good. It's a nice revisit to the Beyond universe Mm -hmm. because I I thoroughly enjoyed that effort that they put out for that during that time. It was just at the end of the... the, I think Justice League might have still been going on then. Yeah. um, Or maybe it was before that. In any case. um, But the one thing in that film that I continually revisit, continually, is the flashback sequence there. You can clearly see I like flashbacks. (laughs) But the flashback sequence to when... Robin is abducted. Basically, it it goes over the entire reason that they know that the Joker is no longer a threat or should no longer be a threat at that point. That It's got so many crazy elements to it. It's got serious stakes because the Joker in this flashback has clearly done something that he's never done before. Mm -hmm. He's crossed a line Mm -hmm. to the point where Batman actually tries to kill him or it seems like he does. He throws a fucking knife at him. Yeah. Uh, Before does, does he?
1: Yes. I thought he gets stabbed in
0: the no, leg. With no, no, he does. But he throws a knife at him. Oh, Batman really? tries. Oh, okay. In my opinion, it looks like he tries to kill kill the Joker. Yeah. But in any case, there's there's a lot of different there's there's a horror aspect to it oh, of yeah. when he does the reveal of what he did to to oh, yeah. to, to, to Tim Drake. Seeing the trauma at the at the end of it, there's just so many different levels that they go through in this like ten minute flashback. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. And then the whodunit aspect of the film is kind of... It's kind of a weird cop-out at the end to some degree where they go it's with it. It's a little janky. It's a that's little kind janky. Of where
1: it, that's kind of where it lost me yeah. a little bit. Um, although although I agree with the flashback. But it kind of lost me. At that. Like when all is revealed and I was like, ah. Yeah, it
0: was a bit of a weird one to, to, to go for. But at the end of the day seeing Hamill in that universe yeah, or yeah. hearing him, I guess, but yeah. seeing the Joker in that universe, it actually fit pretty well. And they're in they're in this futuristic time where they could justify having something like that. And actually in the Justice League TV show, they actually reference that. The the nanotech that they use. Oh yeah, yeah. They reference it directly in a flashback episode again, <laughs> to me with the fucking flashbacks. <laughs> shit, for Batman Beyond. Flashbacks. They had an episode called Epilogue.
1: Yeah, was, oh yeah, yeah. That was the, but that was the warming. end of the series.
0: It was supposed to be, but it wasn't. There was another season after that.
1: No, that was yeah. the end. Nope. With Waller? Yeah, with that the wasn't Waller? the end.
0: That wasn't the end. Then they had the series after that where Darkseid comes back.
1: What? Yes. You're wrong, sir. I
0: am absolutely not. You can oh look it up. God. Guaranteed they had anticipated that they wanted it to be the end, which is why they ended the series, that in that in they ended that episode with Batman Beyond flying through exactly the same way that Man-Bat was flying in the very first episode of Batman the Animated Series. They wanted to end it. They kind of wanted to bookend it like
1: that. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: but because they ended up doing it for another season, their thing that they wanted, it, they ended it on, was all of the Justice League guys running down a, a staircase. And then Batman's the last one and you see the bat symbol on yeah. his chest be the thing. But yeah, it's definitely not the last episode of the series. Hmm. So anyways, that's why I wanted to throw this weird one out there because I don't know. I didn't think this would even slightly be on your radar. And no. it's a fun one for me. Like I I revisit that one a lot. Interesting. And, I
1: haven't yeah. seen it in a long time. I remember getting, I have two cuts of that movie. I own a DVD for the original and then I own the the, the widescreen director's. Yes, cut, that, which is an R rate. Is it R? It's not. R. It's not R, but, but the, it's, a, it's, that, a, it's and the that's, more the cut. Yeah. that's the one to watch. that's
0: the one to watch. Don't watch the other one because that one's garbage.
1: Yeah, that one. I mean, that one still sort of struck me as as being intense, but the original ending makes way more. Sorry, the original. It's all in the flashback. It's pretty scene, much all in the flashback, and that makes way more sense yes. than what than what they portray. So yeah, I mean, it's a little janky for me. I can see why it's on. It's on your list. Um, but uh, but it, I think it shares a lot in common with the, Under the Red Hood because they both deal with the trauma of a Robin yes. essentially. Yeah. Right? So so yeah, this movie I'll i throw on whenever because I think it always makes me laugh. It's Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Okay, it's the first uh, modern animated Scooby Doo movie, it's a direct to video movie. But here's the thing: the animation is top notch, first of all, and the story is it's really well written and the stakes are real in this story like there's there's a the, the the with the with the gang um the show always did the same thing over and over and over again this movie breaks the mold and does a lot of different things it makes fun of a lot of those tropes from those older from the older TV show right um but this is the best version of Scooby Doo you can ever watch not the movies that came out not, uh, not even like the older animated movies like the Hanna-Barbera, like older, like 70s animated movies or whatever. This is the best version of Scooby-Doo that you'll see. They basically go to New Orleans and they go to the bayou and they go to this mansion and they're trying to like figure out what's going on with these ghosts that are haunting this mansion. But there's a lot of culture there because they have like the music is like authentic and the food they're eating. Every time I watch this movie, I get hungry. Because Scooby and Shaggy are always eating, and they eat these hot peppers, and it always gets me. It gets me every time. I'm like, fuck, I need to, I need to go make something to eat every <laughs> single time without fail. Um, and the animation is top-notch. The music's great. And, uh, and again, they, they basically make fun of all of those tropes. And things aren't what they seem, but in the most surprising way. It's not your average Scooby Doo story, yeah. And that's all I'll really say about it because it is kind of there is a surprising, there is there is a third act unveiling that's just like <laughs> right, and um, and it's and I it just makes me laugh, it makes me happy to watch watch Scooby Doo in this in in this particular movie. It's really really great. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, so seventy seven minutes from nineteen ninety
0: eight. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think the one I'll finish on is Akira. Okay. Have you seen that? It's been a while.
1: So I watched it. I fell asleep. It's woke, a pretty heavy movie. I woke up, and there was a kid with a giant brain moving stuff, and I was like, I think I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is my exposure to this movie.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna go into it too much. I mean, Akira's is an animation classic. I think it came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. And it was a very high budget film for its time. I think it was like a nine million dollar budget at oh, the time. Wow, yeah. yeah, like which is at that time for an animated for a manga animated film. I think it was really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, you can see like there's a lot of influences that other films in the future have taken from that film. Some I, of the yeah, ways that they it. do, um, so obviously there's the kid with the brain that's moving things around. Yeah. This kid is telekinetic or yeah. basically demonstrates telekinetic like powers and is flying around and at some point is like being able to, not, and it's not energy blast, but in any case, some of the stuff that they're doing in this film um, you see being done now. In other media, right. it might be animated, it might be even live action. There's stuff yeah. that they do. Like th- there's definitely components of like the Matrix and the way that this kid flies around that you, you I would rip directly out of Akira. Yeah,
1: I uh, I remember hearing a lot of Akira like references in like documentaries. Maybe I was watching about yeah. the Matrix, and I think the the Wachowskis they probably they they referenced it like straight out. Did I they? think yeah. yeah, and and if not them, then everybody who saw it. I think obviously pieced together that Akira was a was a massive like influence on yeah. their visual style,
0: and I think it's influenced. Yeah, it's it's just it's had an influence on the entire genre of yeah. those types of um, futuristic, um, stylized yeah. action fiction. films. Yeah, yeah science, science fiction films. Um, I, it it just blew me away when I watched it. I actually just rewatched it recently, and it still looks just as good. The oh, animation's yeah. smooth. Um, the special effects within the animation, so like all of the like. You know uh, the, the the environment's breaking, and then mm. the particle not particles, but like the way that they do the little things not just the character animation yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's top notch. It looks
1: so good, yeah, and um, it's
0: very um, imaginative. Mm-hmm. It's it's really really incredible.
1: Yeah, I uh, actually now that you have said that, I actually will add that to my watch list because. I think I should see it. I without think I falling wanna,
0: asleep. Yeah, without. Mm-hmm.
1: I won't. Yeah, no, I was and this wasn't even a, it wasn't recent. This was a long time ago. And I just tried to watch it. it was it was still it was a classic movie, even when I tried to, you know, tried to watch it. And I just it was the wrong time. And yeah. maybe it just didn't speak to me at the time. But it's been a long time since then. I'm definitely going to throw it on. I'll uh, Probably appreciate it a lot more now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I think that when I'd watched it originally, I didn't nearly appreciate it as much as I did when I watched it when I was older. Yeah. I know a little bit more about cinema and see the influences of that film on other films. Right, it's, right. It, it, it's something. I mean, it's a lot. It's a heavy film. So mm. especially if you're watching the... Because I've never watched the English dub, actually. I've mm. only watched the, the subtitles. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty It's pretty
1: intense. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to list out all the other movies that are on my list and just kind of like breeze through them. Just be like, here's what, here's what else is there. Um, the other stuff that I had was, uh, Rango. I really love that movie by, uh, Gore Verbinski and industrial light and magic's like first animated foray. That was their, that was, I think their first and only animated movie. Beautiful looking movie. Legend of the Guardians, which is the Owls of Gowl. I love that movie. I own it. I own I own both of those and I, and I, I watched that one because that's a great demo for your th- home theater. Zack Snyder movie. I think it's his best movie. <laughs> Nobody really talks about it. Um, the other ones are two other Disney movies, uh, The Sword in the Stone and The Great Mouse Detective. Older Disney movies that I grew up with. A style of animation you don't really see nowadays. Mm. And... Uh, the other one I have is another stop-motion animated movie called The Pirates, an adventure with scientists. That's what it's called. If you haven't seen this movie, it makes me consistent. I was howling throughout this entire movie. And it's by the studio called The Ardman Studio. It did like Wallace and Gromit. They also, you know, uh, Wallace and Gromit uh, and The Curse of the Were-Rabbit is another movie. Great, great stop-motion animated uh, animation studio. And the last one is Monster House which was produced by Robert Zemeckis using some of his uh, motion capture stuff. Yeah. But it's directed by a guy named Gil uh, uh, Kennan. And it's a great Halloween, again, another coming-of-age story Halloween set. Also a really good children's horror movie. Nice. So that's the rest of mine.
0: The last ones I had on here for me was Toy Story obviously broke the mold, being the first major CG uh, animated film. That's true. And Tom Hanks is the best.
1: Yeah. I mean... Tom you Hanks, mean, Hanks, Hanks but i'm I'm like I'm the I'm the Tim the Toolman Taylor kind of guy. Yeah, so. so I mean, I'm a buzz I'm a Buzz Lightyear man.
0: You are light years away from being <laughs> correct, sir. Um, <laughs> that was good. Thanks. It's well done. Aladdin. Yeah. all day, every day. that was the that was the first film that really put big names into animated films. like Robin Williams was oh, oh, where that started. Yeah, and that yeah. was actually a Katzenberg idea, which is essentially where you know now you're casting everybody. Every yeah. single person in an animated film is a voice. Yeah um the jungle book that was probably the original the, the, original, yeah, the, yeah. the 1968 i think yeah. it was um no, I, I thought there's th- another animated that i'm pretty, pretty sure was the anymore. very probably one of the if not the first animated yeah. film i ever watched and it's to me the camaraderie between all the characters the family aspect mm-hmm. is so important mm-hmm. it's just that at the very end Mowgli's like Woo, she's hot peace out yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's out. right
1: so basically like all friendships yeah pretty yeah. much <laughs> <laughs> and
0: uh, and then the last thing I was going to throw in was uh, The Dark Knight Returns because that to me is the best um, interpretation that I've seen of a comic book to being put into an animated film and being actually potentially better than the source material. Yeah,
1: that was very good. Peter Weller's Batman is spot on, so good. But I thought the Joker interpretation of the voice was very weak. Weak, did not yes. Did not like it. But uh, Peter Weller's Batman was was spot on. Yeah, great so. animation in that too. Really, yeah. they uh, spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, but uh, you were talking about Toy Story. Yes. You'd think I'd like Toy Story a little bit more. I don't really, I don't really like that series of movies. It's not that I don't like it. It's it's fine. Yeah. And I saw two, but I never saw three, and i have only seen. Toy Story 1 and 2 like once. 2 wasn't very good. I didn't like 2.
0: People do. I did. Yeah, I 3 and, was okay. And but the first one was like that yeah. that was like the that was that's what brought it on the scene for me. It was just like, "Oh my god, like this is this is amazing." Like I I, I still get nostalgic feelings when I watch that yeah. first one. The second and third ones, they're good films. They're yeah. okay, but like that first one just has a really strong feeling with me cuz it was it I just remember being so in awe of the film when I was watching it that I
1: I I still have strong feelings today about Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting list. I'm really, I'm really happy that, that it wasn't really like all center. There was very, it kind of ran the gamut. It was gamut.
0: specific to, to us. Yeah. right? Like yeah. that's why, like I knew Batman Beyond was not going to be on probably anybody's list, but yeah. that's, that's for me that there's, there's certain reasons for that. And I think that's, that's important to, to point yep. out. So listen cool. to this. I, if you've listened to this, hopefully you've picked up a few movies that, you haven't seen and you want to see or maybe ones that you have seen and you'd love to revisit yeah absolutely that's i mean intent. akira
1: is definitely on my list now i'm gonna i'm definitely i gotta add that to my watch list and, and check it out so nice cool all right i think that's it yeah all right buddy this is Utel. this is justin thanks
0: for listening thanks for watching and uh we'll see you next time see you ciao